Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Welcome to another epic episode of the One Year No Beer podcast. Today, I am rejoined by one of our incredible members, a chap called Dr. Alan Desmond. Now, he's been on the podcast before. He is a doctor in Devon, a gastroenterologist, um, but also a lover, follower, wild advocate of plant-based diets. And um, through his journey of understanding clients and seeing people and then researching further and further into this, he has now produced a book, which we are so excited to talk about on the podcast today. So today I am joined by none other than Dr. Alan Desmond. Alan, how are you? Rory, great. Thank you so much for having me back. Pleasure to be here talking about the plant-based diet revolution. Um, a pleasure to have this book close to being on the shelves and being at the point when I can go and talk to old friends like you all about it. So for those of us who weren't uh, listening to the previous podcast, Alan, why don't you tell us a bit of background uh, into your story and how you got to where you are today? Um, so uh, my name is Dr. Alan Desmond. I'm a gut health expert, a gastroenterologist, um, also practice in general medicine. I'm a full-time NHS consultant. Um, I am also, also do a little bit of private work. And as you mentioned, I've become, in the last several years, I've become a very active advocate and educator on the benefits of taking a healthier approach to food, which has stemmed out of my clinical practice and also involves uh, public speaking, speaking at conferences, publishing the medical literature, uh, educating members of the public, fellow doctors, policymakers, etc., on the benefits of a healthier approach to food. So really, um, if we zoom back about five years, um, about 2015, I think, was when I discovered One Year No Beer. Um, at the time, I just happened to hear your good friend Andy Ramage on a podcast. And at that time, I think, like a lot of your followers, I was doing great. I was a full-time consultant gastroenterologist, young kids, physically active, exercising, you know, always thinking, what can I do to be better, etc. And I just, when I heard Andy talking about this concept of taking a complete break from alcohol um, and doing this 90-day challenge, um, it really intrigued me. Um, at the time, I'd been doing a lot of, um, I'd been doing a lot of uh, tough mutters, and I was getting into um, Spartan races, etc. And at that time, whenever I had a race coming up, I would take like three or four weeks 
where I just wouldn't drink any alcohol because I knew it would affect me on the day and it would reduce my performance and my endurance. And I had this, my first ever Spartan um, Ultra coming up, you know, the, the big Spartan races coming up, the like the 25K ones. And I had that. I, it was 90 days away. I happened to listen to Andy 91 days before it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll try this thing to see how I get on on the Spartan event. But of course, like so many of your um, one-year no-beer enthusiasts and graduates, I suddenly figured out that if I wasn't going for those few pints on a Thursday night, and if I wasn't having a couple of glasses of wine maybe one night a week at home, that I, I was now waking up fresher seven days a week, and I was more productive. And um, after I finished that, um, that Spartan race, and I was really proud of my time and how I'd gotten through it and everything, I thought, well, that's it. I, I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm not having a beer to celebrate this one. And, and since then, um, I went on to take part in a one-year no-beer masterclass. And, you know, as I've said to you and Andy before, I think um, dropping the booze for me, I mean, we're going to talk about the plant-based diet revolution today. I mean, the dropping the booze for me was a revelation because when um, I told my wife that I was giving up alcohol, her first answer, and she doesn't drink at all. Or she had, at that time, she hadn't had an alcohol for years herself. But when I said to my wife, you know, I'm going to give up alcohol, she said, why? <laughs> you know, she, she didn't view me as having any sort of issue at all with alcohol. You know, I would just go have a few pints on a Thursday night with a close group of friends and, and you know, enjoyed a, a fancy glass of red wine um, with, with my dinner. And she kind of said, why? Why are you doing this? So it didn't. So she didn't immediately say, oh, thank goodness you're giving up alcohol. It's about time. But um, it really improved my productivity and my fitness. And, um, you know, five, f what is it, four or five years later now, um, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's been a real, it, for me, it's been a real uh, game changer. Both, you know, it's like you discover all this extra time in the day. So for this morning, so I'm not working today. Um, so up early this morning, did a little CrossFit workout from home because we're in lockdown right now. Um, spent time with the kids, you know, my little, my littlest fellas, four and a half. So helped him to make, uh, make us both a big bowl of porridge. Um, did a little bit of Joe Wicks with the kids then, cause it's lockdown right now. And Joe's on YouTube in the morning and, uh, yeah, just had a very pleasant morning and then jump on here with you. And I, I know for sure if, if I'd been out last night with my buddies and I had those three or four pints, um, uh, you know, uh, lockdown notwithstanding, but um, I just wouldn't have been there 100% when I got up this morning. Yeah, I, I especially love the stories of people who weren't drinking that much in the first place and yet had all these advantages and the benefits. And I think that's why um, we're we're reaching so many more people. You can't hide from it. Alcohol is ca causing you more trouble than you realise and you don't realise until you take a break from it. But Alan... Um, so thank you for giving us the background into the, that journey and, you know, something that you got really focused on and passionate about, well, you always were, but um, I guess, did it then increase and, and then, you know, this focus of the plant-based um, diet for you? Tell us about that journey and then up to now, what is going to be your best-selling book? Oh, thanks, man. Well, it's interesting. I mean, for years, um, as a gut health doctor, so someone who deals with people who have significant, you know, tummy problems, whether that's irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, colitis, diverticular disease, fatty liver disease, and the list goes on of all these uh, long-term conditions that we view 
in this part of the world as being normal, inverted commas, and inevitable, inverted commas. So having dealt with individuals with these conditions over many, many years, um, every single patient, Rory, asks their gastroenterologist after that conversation where you've explained a new diagnosis or explained a new medication or a surgical procedure or, or what have you, every single patient, Rory, asks their gastroenterologist, what about food? doctor. Is there anything that I should eat, anything that I shouldn't eat that's going to make me feel better today, but is also going to improve my prognosis? And so for my patients, um, I've always been seeking evidence-based answers to that question. So what does the medical science and the nutritional science and the science on health and well-being tell us are the healthier things to eat. And of course, the, the more I got into reading the research, the more I realized that this goes well beyond gut health and digestive health. Because sadly, Rory, in modern societies, as pointed out by a chap called Dr. David Katz two years ago, writing in the New England Journal of Medicine, um, sadly, in modern society, food is no longer an essential sustenance it's no longer something that helps us to perform at our optimal and to survive and thrive. Sadly, food is now a major contributor to chronic disease and sadly to premature death. Now in the UK, we know, I mean, this is, this is an incredible uh, statistic that you're probably not gonna believe, but it's absolutely true. In the UK right now, dietary factors, so poor food choices and poor availability account for more disease and disability and more lost years of, of quality of life than alcohol and drug use combined. The only thing in the yeah. UK that, that yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? So the only thing in the UK that's causing more problems than food is cigarettes. In the United States, food has overtaken cigarettes to become the number one cause of human disease and disability. And this is incredibly important stuff. And when we, um, when we look at the things, uh, you know, what should I eat? I mean, it's the same question that my patients have been asking me um, since I took my very first job as a very junior um, member of the gastroenterology team almost 20 years ago now, to now in 2020 when I sit in my clinic and when I you know, take part in public speaking events or any of the work that I do with the happy pair, etc., people are so confused because there is so much diet confusion out there. Um, yeah. the, like the, it sounds like a simple question. What should I eat? In fact, it's probably the most important question or one of the most important questions in the 21st century. And the reason for writing the book is to spread that message further to, uh, to help people to join this plant-based diet revolution, to give them the science simply explained and broken down, as well as the recipes, the plans, and the answers to all of these common questions that will help them to choose to build every meal, or most of them, from foods that will help them to optimize their health, their performance. And you're one of the few people, Rory, who's seen um, a preview of the book. So you've had, you've, you've had the, the preview to look through. And as you can see in the book, we describe, or I describe, why it's healthy food- It's a beautiful book. Oh, thanks, man. It's why healthy food means you're gonna have a healthier gut, a healthier heart, a healthy, healthier body, 
and a healthier mind. So that's what the book is all about. And, you know, it for me, one thing has flowed from the other. I mean, that's 100% on the, the journey we are on here. We're on the journey of self-discovery. We're on the journey of realizing that we've been using alcohol to numb out so many things in our life. And that when you park that at the door, you're given a sort of sense of clarity and energy that you want to start tackling other things. And that's why things like t trying, testing out what it's like for you to have a plant-based diet now, I'm not saying everybody should do it. You, I, you absolutely are. And, um, and, but, you know, there's lots of people who are like, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. But it's absolutely about trying it. And I think what's amazing is that's why you've come up with the 28-day revolution. Because you're like, come and do it for 28 days. Come and t I've given you all the recipes, all the tools, all the materials that you need. And you will probably change your relationship with food forever. Correct? Absolutely. And what I've tried to do with the book is give it as well as providing this 28 day plan, which, as you've seen, is really, really easy because it literally guides you through each step of the way. It kind of each day of those 28 days, it explains, you know, which recipes you're cooking, um, what food to get ready for the morning, etc. So it really takes people by the hand. It goes through, you know, like your store cupboard essentials, your shopping list for the week. Here are all the recipes. Here's how to cook and store the food. Here's tips for buying the food. But we've really worked, um, Andy, me and Bob, my, my really good friend, Bob, who's this incredible uh, chef, um, real experienced chef, Bob Andrew. Um, so we put our heart and soul into this thing because we really wanted to make it very, very achievable. And I think a lot of people, I mean, the, the whole concept of enjoying the benefits of a plant-based diet is certainly out there in the public sphere. People are hearing uh, from more and more celebrities, I guess, like Lewis Hamilton, Serena William, uh, Meghan Markle, even David Beckham lately. People like um, Beyonce, uh, Olympic medalist, uh, Dotsie Bausch, rugby player, Anthony Mullally, and they're probably hearing this more and more from doctors and health professionals as well um, about the benefits of a plant-based diet. So, But it can seem really, really intimidating. Um, over the years, I've been through my public speaking, through my clinical practice, and also through my work with Stephen Dave at The Happy Pair, where we, um, where we run a number of online courses, etc. I've been really privileged to kind of guide and shepherd thousands of people really who've been making the switch to plant-based so i've kind of taken all of that experience over the last several years to make sure that the science is simple the food is not intimidating that it's nice and appealing and kind of recipes that you'll enjoy you don't need any fancy ingredients when we were designing the recipes and meal plans um, we had this sort of test called the Sainsbury's test. So for anyone listening outside the UK, uh, Sainsbury's is a kind of a mid-range uh, high street supermarket here in the UK. So we had the Sainsbury's test. So can you buy these ingredients in Sainsbury's was a key test for us because it has to be, um, it has to be achievable. And, yeah. and easily, also easily reachable and no barriers to entry. Exactly. And as you'll have seen, um, Ruri, in the, in the kind of science sections where we explain the grounding for recommending 
this whole food plant-based approach to food um, I also keep it really simple you can dip it and dip out it, it, the the the, um, the information really is presented in nice little short paragraphs and nuggets and illustrations so that so that it's it's completely um, you know not intimidating and when when we talk about it, I just might maybe say just a little bit about what a whole food plant-based diet is because I haven't actually explained that and maybe for some of your listeners, they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely, so, let's hit, hit us. So, that, so that's really important. And, you know, we talked earlier about how what should I eat is a critical question. And in fact, it's such a critical question that a couple of years ago, one of the world's leading medical journals, The Lancet, um, set up an independent commission of 38 global experts on food, diet, health, and agriculture and said, well, can you go out and answer a question for us? It's a really important question. What should we eat? Not just the, you know, the 720 million people in the world who can't get enough food, but also the three and a half billion people in the world who are suffering poor health because of excess calories and excess nutrition. What should we eat? Can you provide us with a, a, a healthy plate that everybody should eat in order to uh, maximize and optimize their health? And they came back with what they called the planetary health plate. And it's about, they described it, and I'll give you the quote, a healthy plate should be approximately half a plate of vegetables and fruits. The other half should consist of whole grains, plant-based sources of protein, unsaturated plant oils, and optionally, modest amounts of animal sources of protein. So joining the plant-based diet revolution is about learning to embrace a variety of plants, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, and about discovering how to make these incredibly healthy foods the basis of or the entirety, entirety of each meal that you enjoy. And in fact, when the Eat Lancet Commission came up with that blueprint a few years ago, they reckoned that if they could flick a switch and get the whole planet to overnight um, adopt and have access to this way of eating, that it would prevent almost 12 million completely preventable deaths per year. And not, and not only that, when we look at the wider evidence globally, over 250 million years of health are lost to poor food choices or poor food availability globally. And we just, a couple of weeks ago, Rue, we saw this paper coming out, the um, Global Burden of Disease Report for 2020. So this is a huge academic effort that is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And basically they look at the health of the world. And this, this report was published just immediately before the COVID pandemic. And what they identified in high income countries like the US and the UK is that sadly, you know, over the previous decades, medicine has achieved so much with antibiotics and surgery and, you know, uh, bypasses and all these incredible developments we've had that have added years of life expectancy, but predominantly driven by poor food choices and poor lifestyle choices. We're at this point, this, in, this incredibly depressing point, where in high income countries like the UK and the US, we are at this point where the next generation may enjoy fewer healthy years than their parents. 
because they because rates of heart disease, obesity, type two diabetes, uh, stroke, and various cancers are creeping up and up every year. But although I say that's a little bit depressing, for me there's actually a big message of hope there because the uh, the things that we need to do with our diet to improve our health are actually very very simple. The science is inspiring. The statistics are intimidating, but really it's about making fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds and legumes the things that you eat every day. So you could there, there's really a source of optimism there because people can reverse these things. You can you can you can achieve a healthy weight. You can reverse type two diabetes. You can normalize your cholesterol. You can reduce chronic inflammation within your body. And as is in in the subtitle for the book, you can really start to do that within 28 days. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is brilliant. And you know, in the book, you give a a sort of blueprint called. Um, I think it's how to eat like the healthiest people in the world. Yes. Um, can you talk a bit about that and where it came from? Well, that's well. it's very much um, based around two things. Number one, the Eat Lancet report that we were just talking about a moment ago. So that was, that was published just uh, last February, February 2019. And it's this whole concept about choosing plants first. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, etc., etc. But... In fact, they were recommending that for everybody on the planet as a healthy choice. But in fact, we already knew about this because obviously they were just pulling together, you know, 30 years of research. About 20 years ago, um, a journalist named Dan Butner was asked by National Geographic to go off and find the healthiest people in the world. And he was given a lot of resources, a lot of um, researchers, a lot of demographers, etc. And all the, you know, all the facilities at National Geographic to go and find these people. So he identified these five little pockets of population scattered around the world in Loma Linda, California, Nicoya Peninsula, Costa Rica, Sardinia, Italy, Ikaria, Greece, and in Okinawa, Japan. And in these five areas, he identified these people who were just super healthy, literally the healthiest people in the world. Now, for example, in Okinawa, which was Japan's blue zone, he found individuals with the longest disability-free life expectancy in the world. The people living in in this particular area of Okinawa, Japan, were living seven years longer than the average American. And they were healthy and productive, not just in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, but in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and beyond. And what he identified, you know, when he looked at the population, as a doctor and a gastroenterologist and someone who's so interested in the importance of food and health, I want to know immediately what were they eating? What were these traditional Okinawans eating? And they were eating a whole food, an unprocessed plant-based diet. So no junk food, no highly processed food. They were getting their calories from 
complex carbohydrates like uh, sweet potatoes and rice and grains and wheats and vegetables. They were getting their protein from legumes and beans and peas and soybeans, etc., and nuts. And they very seldom consumed meat, eggs, or dairy at all. Those things made up probably 3% of their calories. And when you look at the foods that they were eating, like tofu, miso, and vegetables, you see meals that look a lot different to what we eat on a standard British or standard Western diet. You know, you're kind of big <laughs> mac and cheese and a Coke or diet. Bacon, ba- eggs, and bacon sausages. eggs and sausages, yeah. right? Their food, I do a lot of presentations now where I show pictures of their food compared to our food and the difference couldn't be more more dramatic and so that was in okinawa japan and i'll just give you one other of the blue zones that identifies it's really interesting to me that in the united states which is held up as the epitome of poor health right huge rates of obesity type 2 diabetes and heart disease etc he also found one of the healthiest populations some of the healthiest people in the world and he found them in california in an area of california called loma linda and in loma linda california there was this group uh, or there is this group called the seventh day adventists and they are a faith community so they genetically very diverse people come from all over to join them but they have um they have a faith they put um uh, great emphasis on physical activity healthy living they tend to be non-smokers they tend to be non-drinkers etc but the they were just incredibly healthy in fact men living in loma linda california who were part of the seventh day adventist group were living 11 years longer than the u.s average and the reason they were living 11 years longer was because they have less cases of digestive cancers nearly half as you know rates of heart disease were you know half as about half the us average rates of type 2 diabetes were two-thirds lower than the us average and it, in loma linda he found really healthy individuals even healthy individuals who are over the age of 100 and again you've got to ask yourself what are these people eating? And for religious reasons, the Seventh-day Adventists of Loma Linda, California, not only do they put emphasis on faith and family and physical exercise, they also put emphasis on eating an unprocessed and predominantly or completely vegetarian diet. So they were also eating a whole food plant-based diet. And Dan Butner was reporting this, you know, 20 years ago. And it's incredible to me that 20 years later, when the world's most prominent, uh, one of the world's most prominent medical journals went out to find the answer to that question, what should I eat? They came back with the same answer, a healthy, completely or predominantly whole food plant-based diet. Amazing. Um, really, really amazing. And um, so the, in the book, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, the world of the gut microbiome and um, all sorts of things like that. For those of us who don't really grasp that concept yet, give us a bit of background and explanation into the gut microbiome and why you write so much about oh, it. Oh, man, we could do hours on this. But let's. But if, I, if I'm talking too much, if I'm talking too much, <laughs> just because once I get going on the gut microbiome, I, I need to be shut down, I think. So um (laughs) don't worry i will (laughs) so the good news is Rory, is we are not alone okay we view ourselves as individual organisms humans walking proud dominating the planet we're an individual organism an individual animal but in fact we're not we're a symbiotic organism because within our with all over our body 
but particularly within our gut and particularly within the lower part of the gut, our large bowel, we are carrying with us hundreds of trillions of microbes, bacteria, yeasts, fungi, archaea, um, and viruses. So we have more microbes within our large intestine than there are stars in the Milky Way or trees on planet Earth. We have more bacterial DNA in our body than we have human DNA in our body. And although modern humans, as we appear today, have existed for, you know, maybe 200,000 years or so, these primitive microorganisms that we carry around within us have been around for billions of years. In fact, they are the descendants of the world's first ever living organisms, these tiny little uh, unicellular clumps um, that existed on the planet within half a billion years of Earth forming. So it's, it, it's incredible, right? So we're still carrying those bugs with us deep inside our body. And what medical science has shown us over the last 20 or 30 years is that these bugs are incredibly important because our health is critical to their health and their health is critical to our health. And by having a healthy gut microbiome, you can really help to influence and improve your own health. So how do we harness the power of a healthy gut microbiome? The number one thing we can do to influence our gut microbiome and to help our bugs to help us to stay healthy is by choosing food that they love and use to produce beneficial products because our gut microbes don't just sit there they're biochemically active not only do they uh, digest food that we send them but they also produce chemicals that they've been described as an unlicensed drug factory um, because they produce biochemically active substances all the time and the substances that they produce very much depend on what we send through the food hole to them for them to digest and work on so i'll give you an example short chain fatty acids these are incredibly beneficial chemicals that help our body to control our appetite to control our blood sugars reduce our risk of chronic inflammation reduce our risk of heart disease short chain fatty acids they also help to keep the incredibly important lining of the gut really healthy which is really important in order to again prevent chronic inflammation and prevent all of these chronic diseases so short chain fatty acids super important where do we get them we only get them, Rory, when we eat fiber. Where do we get fiber from? We get it from plants. So when we choose to build every meal from a variety of plants, we increase our body's production of short-chain fatty acids by harnessing the power of a healthy gut microbiome. And I'll give you an example of how to harness an unhealthy gut microbiome. In every go to McDonald's. Well, go to McDonald's, or 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 to be, or to be quite honest, sit down with a nice big Aberdeen Angus, okay? Because when we consume meat and when we consume um, eggs, for example, and I'll ju I'll just give this one example. When we eat those foods, they're incredibly rich in substances called carnithine and choline. Now. Carnithine and choline, choline in particular, are needed for a healthy body. But when you find small amounts of choline in 
in vegetables. And if you're just eating a plant-based diet, you get enough choline to keep your body healthy. It's really important for neurological development and liver health and a few other things. But when you eat your Aberdeen Angus steak, or if you're having a few eggs every morning for breakfast, you are consuming so much choline that it doesn't all get absorbed by your body. And it gets all the way down through your digestive tract into your large bowel, where we have the gut microbiome. And when your gut microbiome gets to work on eggs, uh, carnitine and choline, it starts producing a different chemical. So instead of producing a beneficial short chain fatty acid, it produces this stuff called TMA, trimethylamine. And that gets absorbed into your bloodstream. It goes to your liver. It gets turned into TMAO. And that's a pro-inflammatory molecule that drives heart disease and stroke and atherosclerosis. And in fact, if you... Ruri ended up, God forbid, in the emergency department tomorrow, having had a heart attack or a serious episode of angina. If I took a blood test from you and measured the level of TMAO in your body, I could predict how well you're going to do in the coming months, whether you're going to go on to have a heart attack or stroke. It's in, so the higher the TMAO level in your blood, the more likely you are to have a heart attack or stroke. Where do we get TMAO? It is made by our gut microbiome. So we can harness, and you know, once you've adapted a completely plant-based diet, the bugs that make the TMAO just die off. And we've seen studies that showing people who eat a completely plant-based diet, after 12 months, they don't even make that stuff anymore. Their microbiome has lost the ability to make it. Wow. Gosh, that is so powerful. And um, I mean, life-changing. But I think like all of these things, you're just not going to know until you've tried it. And like, like what most people think about changing their relationship with alcohol, like your wife, why would you ever do that? I mean, what, why? Right? Which is how many people might think of when you say, oh, but why would I do a plant based diet? And you know, you can tell me the health benefits and you can tell me those things. But the truth is, you are not going to really understand until you try it. And that's why the 28 day revolution is or you know, the plant based diet revolution and your 28 day revolution is so perfect, because it gives people this window, this insight, these easy steps um, to follow. Alan, now that I have been a walking advert for your phenomenal book coming up, um, when is the book out and yeah, where so can we buy it? The book, The Plant-Based Diet Revolution, um, it's available to pre-order now on Amazon and through bookstore.org. Um, so if you pre-order it now, you will have the hardback in your hands on January 7th. Um, that's in the UK and Ireland. Um, the book's also being released, Rory, in Australia, the United States, Canada, and beyond. Um, if you're in the US, uh, which is incredible, right? I'm so stoked. I'm so excited to get this out there more broadly. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. It, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. But it's going to be released in those territories as well. Um, on January 7th in the US, Australia, Canada, and beyond, you can get the ebook. And the hardback will be released in early April. Um, but for your listeners who are in the UK and Ireland, if you pre-order it now, you will have the hardback in your hands on January 7th. That is amazing. Um, Alan, you know, thank you so much for coming on uh, the show. Thank you. We will definitely, again, get you back on again once um, once the book oh, is amazing. out. Um, I'm confident... I'm confident we'll be doing some more things with you down down the path anyway. So one year, no beers will be hearing a lot more about Dr. Alan Desmond. Uh, lastly, um, where can people find you? Uh, best place to reach out to me Ru, is on Instagram. So it's Alan Desmond, A-L-A-N. 
D-E-S-M-O-N-D. If you type Alan Desmond in to Instagram to search, you'll see me, Dr. Alan Desmond, wearing my blue scrubs and just tap on there. And on Instagram, as you know, I kind of share pictures of the food I'm eating. and one of those guys. But with each post, it explains to you exactly why I'm choosing to and recommending that people eat food that looks a bit like this. And as this, I mean, it's so difficult to keep up with the nutritional science, but as more as really, you know, the papers that really catch my eye or shape my clinical practice, um, I, pub, I, you know, write up like nice little neat and actionable summaries of those and post those on Instagram as well. You're an absolute star. Alan, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have you. Oh, pleasure, Rude. Look forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.